I am Plant on the Line in Vancouver, British Columbia at thecommentary.ca. Another important short film at this year's Doxit Documentary Film Festival starting this Thursday running until May 16th is the short film from Kent Donginias. It's called Kalinga, Care. In the film, he talks to several Filipino caregivers in the Vancouver area who, like his own mother, came to Vancouver from the Philippines or via other countries in Asia. They'd left the Philippines to gain employment as a caregiver or nanny so as to provide for their families at home. The women that Kent talks to in his film narrate often harrowing conditions under which they work. They evoke the loneliness and bitterness they feel caring for families abroad while their own families are elsewhere. They talk about uh, what reuniting with their families is like later on and how sometimes estrangement is often the result. And as to why this film is important, Mr. Donginia speaks to Mabel Elmore, the MLA in Vancouver, Kensington, about the obligation that the larger society has in caring for the caregivers once they're older and in need of looking after themselves. One of the powerful things one caregiver says in this movie is that uh, had they known the sacrifice and the consequences to family, they perhaps would not have left. I'll ask Kent about his film, what's said in it, and the larger questions that people will need to grapple with here or in the Philippines. Kent Donginias has uh, produced numerous short films that have played various festivals, including uh, the Whistler Film Festival, the Vancouver and Toronto International Film Festivals. He has worked uh, for a number of film production companies, including Cedar Island Films, where he was a production manager, as well as Telestory Hive, CBC, Black Cap Pictures, Viva Entertainment, and Star Cinema. He is currently developing a feature-length documentary, Treasure of the Rice Terraces. Kent's Twitter handle is at Kent Donginias. Visit doxafestival.ca for tickets and information on the film. Doxa is continuing to stream its entire program, and so films will will be available across Canada until May 16th. Please uh, welcome to the Plant Online program, Kent Donginias. Mr. Donginias, good morning. Good morning. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Thank you for having me. You're very welcome. I enjoyed the the movie a lot. My parents are Filipino, so um, uh, it was uh, uh, quite a moving uh, film as well. Um, the name of it is uh, Kalinga. What, what does that mean? Well, it's a Filipino word that means care. I see. Yeah. And and um, it, it, it um, the, the title can be taken in so many ways. Um, not only the care of, of, of oneself in, in, in mm-hmm. the uh, uh, in, in the view of, the, of the, the caregivers that you talk to. I mean, they do worry at the end um, what's going to happen to them in the future, and, and that's something that we don't really talk about, is it? Exactly. That's why that's why I really tried to create that question um, and incorporate it in that in that in the documentary. But at the end of the day, after all these cares that the caregivers and nannies are giving for other people um, who would take care of them. Yeah, this is a larger question as well um, that Mabel Elmore, the MLA here in Vancouver, uh, Kensington, um, that's what she's been looking at, isn't it, in in terms of um, um, her work and and how she represents the community. I mean, these these are questions to the, I guess, the larger obligation that we have as a society, right? Mm -hmm, Exactly. Yeah. What um, you opened the, the, the movie by mentioning your own experience. Um, was that a, a reason why you wanted to make this film? Yes, exactly. You got it. You got it right. Yeah. Um, me personally, I I 
I was left by my mom at the age of six um, to go abroad and become a nanny. But at that age, I really don't know um, what that entails. So growing up, I had so many questions why she had to leave. And I realized when I was conceptualizing this documentary that I, at, at, this, at this time, like at the age of 25, mm-hmm. I still have those questions. And there were never clear answers that were given to me. And, and yeah, that's why I reached out um, to a lot of caregivers and nannies in town. And basically, I wouldn't say use, but I, I listened. I listened to their yeah. stories and understand where they're coming from. Um, to at least give closure and more understanding on my part as a son of a nanny um, uh, myself, yeah. and and yeah, and knowing that it's it's not an extraordinary thing or not it's not a different thing um, if you're in that particular industry, and that it's actually common across the board, especially for these women who are you know um, leaving their families behind in the Philippines just to provide whatever they need and make them happy. Yeah, that's something that that uh, we hear a lot about that the the, the 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 economy in the Philippines is is um supported by uh, remittances sent f- from elsewhere and that's largely um uh, caregivers, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah. And and that's and that's a thing too. Like you mentioned, these are things that we hear a lot, mm-hmm. but we never really see someone or we never really dive into it um, even more. That's why I really took um, the opportunity to just put this microscope in the lives of ordinary people who are going through extraordinary experiences, um, especially the hardships and the sacrifices that they needed to do. One of the women that you talked to in the movie um, talk, talks about the work of a caregiver, um, th- that it is important work. It, it's noble work, too, isn't it? Exactly. And especially a lot of, like not just not just um, the Filipino community, but also outside outside the Filipino Canadian community, they kind of um, use it. Sometimes they use it as an insult mm-hmm. to make somebody feel so low about their their self sure. or themselves. Yeah. And and yeah, and just hearing it from someone who is doing it and how proud she is um, as a caregiver is something that. Um, people shouldn't be sleeping on um, yeah. because, again, like like what she mentioned in the documentary, it's 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 a hard <laughs> job, and a lot of the times too, before you can become a caregiver, you have to go through school, you have to know and understand how to take care of an elderly or yeah. or or a kid, and these are you know these are things that people don't really know, and I'm really glad that I was able to put it in there. These are very interesting women that you talked to in the film. How did how did you find them, and and how did how did you make them um, say say comfortable um, to uh, face the camera and tell their stories? Because it does get quite emotional, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it it does take time <laughs> from a filmmaker perspective, but I guess what I really did that made it work was I really opened up to them. I showed my vulnerable side and my personal. Um, story and experience with my mom uh-huh. and and at that point when we were having our conversation um, they knew that I was someone that they that they can trust and that they can share a story because I can easily resonate to it because I'm on the other side of the spectrum um, 
and yeah, and believe it or not, I have hours and hours of footage that mm-hmm. I really had to build it up from the most basic questions leading up to the most emotional parts. I, I, when I was filming, even some of my crew members were crying. Yeah, I'll bet. And, yeah. <laughs> and, and yeah, I guess, I guess just making them feel comfortable and, um, and making, and, and giving them the assurance that I am someone that they could trust um, made it easier for me um, to get the story and also um, focus more on on the emotional part of, of, of the conversation. Maria, one of the uh, women you talked to in the film, she told Omni News that um, she felt that a, a great burden was lifted uh, talking to you. What is that like to hear? <laughs> it's actually... Um, Tita Maria actually told that, uh, told that to me. She yeah. told me that it felt like a burden was lifted um, after the documentary, um, right when when we released the trailer. And yeah. I was like, "Oh my God, this is so good!" Like, it. I felt because um, my the whole purpose of why I'm doing documentaries now is because I want to become the tool to share stories of my community, of our community. Um, especially by ordinary citizens with extraordinary experiences. And hearing that from one of one of my participants in the documentary made me feel really, really good um, because it felt that it felt like I served my purpose. Yeah. Not just in not just in terms of conveying the story or the message of the documentary, but I felt that I had a part um, to play in terms of um, them also coping up with the hardships that they in the past, so I'm I'm really happy to hear that. So, so one of the reasons why why caregivers, why women in particular, leave the Philippines for other countries to work as caregivers is um, <laughs> because they couldn't find jobs, say, in the Philippines that that would pay as well as as working, say, in in Canada. Um, and as a result, they have to, to leave their families, you know, their 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 um, children sometimes mm-hmm. more than one and, and so you, you shine a light in the film as to the the, the societal aspect of all this that, that um, this results in a lot of broken families there in the philippines and um even when families are reunited um they're estranged right, yeah, from each other exactly and, and and that's that's another thing that's not really talked about and 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 uh, a number a couple of the women in your movie Say that they wish they never left at all. So, so what do you um, think they would say to people in the Philippines who might think that a life elsewhere is the answer? Well, I guess um, if the, once once um, the Filipino community um, sees this documentary, especially the ones who are in the Philippines, I think um, it will trigger them. <laughs> it will give them second thoughts if they are planning to get out of the country, um, because it is a common misconception. Um, in the Philippines, not just in the not just in the caregiving industry or um, or the healthcare industry, but also right. like across all other industries. Um, there's always that misconception that if you go to another country, you're gonna make so much money, you're gonna you're gonna live life to the fullest. But what people don't know in the Philippines is that it's it's actually harder to be to be away from your family and still do work just to provide money for them and just to provide their needs, just to make them happy. And and I think it's, yeah, like I think it will trigger second thoughts mm-hmm. um, to those who are planning um, to go out of the country and work. And hopefully if 
this goes <laughs> if this goes far and the government sees it, I I wish I wish they could figure something out um, because. I think because the population in the Philippines is so big, there's no enough opportunities for people right. to, you know, like land the jobs that that they that they want to do and and that they deserve. Especially those people who who finish, you know, college and university. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's always a problem because again, there there are lack of opportunities in the Philippines. That's why um, these people decide. Yeah, these people would decide to to go to another country and look for other opportunities. Yeah, you look at it, it it's it's a it's a great loss for the for a country like the Philippines. Yeah. That, that it's these, definitely a, it's yeah. definitely a great loss, but mm-hmm. at the same time, um, they're also taking advantage of the export policy right. of, of the Philippines because I was I was telling um, another outlet yesterday that like if there's one thing in common across all different countries in this world, it's there's always one Filipino who happens to be an nanny or a caregiver, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, and and they and they bring so much um, in terms of sharing the Filipino culture to to another to another country, and at the same time um, promote um, the idea of being a Filipino um, in in that in a particular family that makes them want to go and visit the Philippines. Yeah. Yeah, indeed. Um, you mentioned earlier the, the estrangement that happens um, to, to uh, families. Um, one of the, the, the basic uh, place, places that, that um, I, I guess, um, resonates, because a, a couple of the women talk about this in your film, is, is um, you know, they have to leave their children and then, you know, parent other people's children. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure for um, the children in the Philippines left behind, say, um, th- that can be a source of great uh, bitterness or, or resentment itself. Is, is I mean, that's something that they talk about in your movie, right? Yes, and and I've experienced that myself too, um, because when when my mom left, she never really um, explained what she was doing, and when she came back for the first time after after she left, um, she talked about it, yeah. and especially when you're when you're having. Um, when you're having your phone calls with your family, and then you hear kids in the background, um, as a six year old, so, uh, as, yeah, as a six year old that time, yeah. um, it's quite. Um, I was quite curious, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm hearing a lot of like kids um, over the phone while my mom's talking to me, and it creates a lot of these questions of like, is my mom with another kid? Like, does she have a new family now? Like, what are they doing? Like. Sounds like they are happy, and how come she's not with me? So questions like that arise at a young age, and and remained unanswered um, years after. Yeah, you mentioned uh, earlier um, that you're 25. Um, yeah, was this an experience that that um, say friends of yours had people the same age as you had here in Canada? Um, say that again. The, the the experience that you had is that is that something that's shared amongst the, the people that you knew, say, growing up, friends of yours, or, or people you went to school with? Um, no, um, I I'm quite um, I guess I, I was quite for, uh, fortunate when I was living in the Philippines because I was living under the care of my grandmother. Uh-huh. Um, but it's it's not something that was um, shared, I guess, among my friends. Um, in school, because most of the time, 
um, every time we get to hang out with their parents, um, they have their parents I see. Um, with them. Um, and again, that's another insecurity um, that develops. Um, mm. If if a kid's parents are are out of the country and there are oper- and there are events in school, for example, that requires a parent's presence, mm-hmm. um, yeah, and you don't have your own parents with you, it yeah, it makes you feel insecure about the situation and and again um you feel bad about it and it's yeah it's it's just a, it's just a crazy um experience mm-hmm. and moment to have um growing up yeah uh, you you've, it, this is a marvelous uh, film um but by the way why did you choose a career in film why did i choose a career uh well i moved i moved to Canada um, for good back in 2015, and in 2016, I decided to go to film school, mm-hmm. um, I guess to give it a try, coming from the Philippines, who is um, more into event production, and and I was I was doing production stuff as well um, with a small media company um, back home, so when I moved here, I, I really wanted to explore, I guess, the side of film versus advertising, and when I finished well, I was, I yeah, I was fortunate enough to still practice and do what I learned in school, and it made me stay in the industry because I guess I found my voice as a filmmaker and my purpose in terms of what, in terms of stories I wanted to tell, um, the message that I want to attach in all of the projects I create, and also the creative and the commitment of telling stories from the Filipino diaspora um, is quite, uh, it's quite a trigger for me to keep going. It's it's an important voice that's emerged with this movie. Um, uh, is documentary the genre that you you want to continue to work in? Yes, um, definitely. Yeah, what, I'm the director. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What what's next for you? Have you got another film that you're working on now? <laughs> yes, I'm currently working on two two small projects. One is also a documentary. Um, it's going to be with Pellet. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's called Brown Enough. Um, it's about a. It's about the effect of the post-colonialism effect of how Asians um, were forced or influenced to be attached to whitening product mm. in Asia. Right. And I have a fiction film actually that I'm really happy um, to share. It's called Paco, and it's a story about a Filipino immigrant who creates this facade of success in Canada and how that facade breaks when his family from the Philippines asks a huge favor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we'll look forward to it. I mean, if it's anything like um, Kalinga, it's, it's a, um, as I said a moment ago, yours is an important voice that's emerging and, and um, one that, that um, definitely must be heard in, in, in films that must be seen. I appreciate your time today. Thanks for this and congratulations on the movie and, and continued good luck with it. Thank you so much for having me and I really, really appreciate you watching the film. Visit doxafestival.ca for tickets and information on Kalinga Care. Its director is Kent Donginius, and he joined me on the line from here in Vancouver. I'm Joseph Plato.